So let's say that you're, you've talked to many, many young men, obviously, across the nation. And let's say that you're, you're faced with a young man who's been brought up in a, in a family without uh, a father, you know, just by a mom, somebody who, like you when yeah. you were young. And, and that person is saying, listen, I've, I've had a rough life. I've, I haven't been able to get ahead. My opportunities are, are limited. And now you're asking me to take on all of these burdens. Make me the case that I should take on these burdens. Yeah, first of all, that's what you were created to do, right? Um, secondly, it, it's what you yearn to do. Like, it, if a man is honest, men don't yearn to just sit in their mother's basement and play video games. In fact, when we sit in the basement and play video games, we like to play those kind of video games that simulate, you know, the actions and activities of masculinity, right? And so that, that's the first thing I want to say to him. You, you, were, you were made for more than this. There's a God who created the world and a God who created you. And so I want you to come back to that. The second thing that I want to say is that, you, you know, don't buy the lie that says you have to have it all figured out before you can begin to exercise any kind of manhood. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? I don't have it all figured out. You know, you, you don't have it all figured out. Uh, but this process, even this process of growing as a man is part of what God has put in place for us to figure it out, right? The other thing that I would say is you're not called to do this by yourself. You know, um, the Bible says like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We, we need each other. We need other men. We need other men in our lives to mentor us, to disciple us. We need men when we're younger, you know, to corral us, to check us. You know, we need that. So those are some of the things that I would want to talk to a young man about and ultimately to point them, again, to the God who made them and to point them to Christ who wants to redeem that manhood, Christ who is the ultimate picture of manhood. All of the stuff that you're saying, the feminist movement says, obviously, this is this is antiquated. It's yep. it's not worth it. Yep. It's patriarchal. It's discriminatory. Amen. When you're calling on when you're calling on men to, to do all these things, <laughs> what you're doing is you're taking away female initiative. You're robbing them of their individuality. How do you respond to the feminist movement that, that makes claims like that? I howdy, howdy, howdy! This is the Providence Podcast. My name is Chris Oswald. I'm the senior pastor at Providence Community Church. You were listening to Vody Bauckham and Ben Shapiro discuss manhood. It's one of the uh, more it's one of the more beneficial talks on manhood I've seen online for quite some time. A lot of it can get kind of stupid. That one was well done. I want to talk today about men's ministry coupled with sort of a forecast of the various plans we have to walk together as men over the next few months. And if you are married to a man, I would encourage you to listen to this so that you can encourage and support your husband to lean into this incredible means of grace. When men, Christian men, walk together God uses that as an incredible means of grace for men of all ages. One of the fundamentals to marriage that is so obvious and yet so difficult to sort of assimilate into your heart and act on is a really simple 
proposition, and that is my job as a husband is to teach and encourage and and equip my wife to worship Jesus. My desire in my flesh is to teach and encourage and equip my wife to worship Chris. A wife's job as a Christian wife is to teach and encourage and equip her husband to worship Jesus. She wants to she wants him to worship Jesus. That's that's the the spirit in her wants that. The flesh in her wants her husband to worship her. One of the places where this comes into direct contact, this question of who do I want my spouse to worship, especially for women, is to view a man's time spent away from her as somehow in competition with her or in neglect of her. And it's like, well, yeah, if you're operating in the flesh and your aim is for your husband to worship you, then absolutely correct. When he is doing other things, no matter how good those things are, he is essentially not kneeling before the altar of you. And so in your flesh, you will want to discourage men from being active in ministry, from being active in serving others, from being active in pursuing Christ in the ways that God has designed a man to pursue Christ. But if you are in the Lord, the Holy Spirit can help you to transform those desires and put to death those desires to be worshipped and to bring into being and to put on the desires that are actually compatible and, and in obedience to what the Lord's vision for your spouse is. And so this is a tension. We will probably return to this tension at some point because one of the tertiary purposes of this podcast is to begin to kind of lay out some biblical counseling principles. And this one is a tremendous issue. It's it's the one thing that is so obvious and also sounds so dark and sinful that very few people have the fortitude to look at at themselves with accuracy and light and say, you know, it's true. I actually do want to be worshiped. But friends, this is theology 101. This is this is fundamental to um, our problem as sinners. And so I, I introduce a calendar of men's events speaking in some respects specifically to women because I want them to under to wives, because I want them to understand the tension that they will feel, and men feel that tension as well. We are all sinners. We all have this uh, this very dark and sinful, and to be honest, cosmically treasonous um, <laughs> capacity at the very least. Capacity, we could say, maybe more than capacity. Now, men, one of the things that is going on with you in this desire to be worshipped, and so on and so forth, is a tendency to uh, just be eager to sort of please your wife's flesh. The, the worst aspects of her being should be um, graciously called out or ignored or overlooked. And, you know, they shouldn't be driving your decisions in any way. And there certainly aren't things that you should um, kowtow to. And so there's that aspect. But there's another aspect, too. One of the reasons men do not engage more consistently in men's ministry type events is not only because of this 
this sort of uh, uh, sinful jealousy that 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 wives can sometimes articulate in their flesh, but but also because men typically when they're entering into a men's ministry they are intimidated they are they're intimidated of being seen of not being enough of not being equal to other brothers there and so on and so forth and this is again your desire to be worshipped what you should be eager to do is to put your weakness on display so that Christ can be made more of uh, but in your flesh again you will have the temptation to hide and to not be involved in things that you should be involved in. So that's a little bit of a, of a, of a pastoral poke <laughs> in, in the direction of, hey guys, let's, let's make sure that we're prioritizing the things that we should prioritize. And as Vodi said in that clip, uh, iron sharpens iron. Men do better when they are together, uh, pursuing the Lord together. Um, just being friends with one another so that you're kind of banking in trust and banking in quantity time. And out of that quantity time is the only way that quality time emerges is out of quantity time. And so some of this is just relationally spending time together and so on and so forth. So with that, let me just kind of walk you through some of the, the things that are going on this fall for men's, uh, men's ministry. If the first one, there's a few, there's a few here that are kind of funny, um, but the first one is definitely one of those. There's a fantasy football league happening this year. And here's another question for you that sort of like kind of gets to the heart of things. Uh, do you look at opportunities from the perspective of, is this fun for me? Or is this, is this entertaining to me? Or do I like this? Is that the only way you assess an opportunity? Friends, it's not sufficient. It's not going to cause you to grow. Sometimes you look at things like there's a fantasy football league happening, and the question isn't, do I like fantasy football? The question is, is this another opportunity to enter into dialogue with brothers throughout the week and so on? I'm not guilting you into doing it. You don't have to do it. I certainly understand if you don't want to do it or simply don't think that you have time to do it and so on and so forth. But it's an opportunity, again, for me to kind of push you and say, like, why? how are you assessing the opportunities put before you? Is it just simply a consumeristic mindset that's like, uh, do I want to do this? Do I not? Is this fun for me? Is this not fun for me? Guys, we're not nine. We're not nine. We don't, we don't evaluate things that way anymore. Our, our evaluation of potential opportunities is far more complex than that. And it really needs to run, first and foremost, along the horizontal, horizontal and vertical axis of the gospel horizontally loving my neighbor as myself, vertically loving God. And so, yeah, so there's that opportunity, and you can see more about that on Basecamp. Um, secondly, we have a men's retreat happening in Lawrence this year that uh, one of our members is putting on. I'm still not totally sure how much I should mention individuals on this podcast. I, I Maybe some of you have some counsel for me. I'm going to veer, I think, for now toward not mentioning individual names on this podcast, I just think that you know, digital privacy and all that is is valuable. And so, uh, if you're not in a formal leadership position that's already recognized in Providence and that you know people would know just by going to the website or something, I think I'm going to veer right now toward not mentioning people. Anyway, we have this uh, men's retreat in Lawrence this year. It's happening from October 20th through the 22nd. It's about 3 p.m. Friday, all the way through Sunday afternoon. If you've downloaded the church app. You can access that information there and register. You can also find this information on Basecamp. 
And uh, if you have any questions, you can talk to to me or to Dove, and we can fill you in on on more about that. The whole aim of that time together is the bank, the quantity time and, and pull out some quality time, but we will be studying God's word together and believe that it's going to be a very beneficial time. Slots are limited for that. There'll be two different ways that you can bunk. Um, you can stay in the house. We have a limited number of beds available in the house and, uh, or you can camp uh, on the property. It's an ideal property outside of Clinton Lake and uh, you can, you can stay outside as well. Um, the cost for everything, including food and all the activities and so on and so forth, if you're staying in the house, is $100. And if you're staying on the grounds, it's $50. Uh, third, there's a thing that I'm doing. I've had to scale back some of my activities. I just kind of maybe bit, bit off more than I could chew um, in the past with some of the Men's Monday things I was doing. So I tried to kind of curate that and think, okay, what's the one piece of this that I'm the most excited about that I think I have value to add that, that potentially has a number of strategic um, benefits and so on and so forth. And uh, so what I'm what I'm still doing is every fourth Monday of the month, I'm doing something called Outlaw Apologetics. And this is just intended to equip men in the area of apologetics and defending the faith. And this is also a great opportunity to invite skeptics. Well, I will make sure that I moderate those conversations in such a way as to um, not only be you know kind and honorable and so on and so forth, but also to kind of like make sure we're not diving too deep into Christianese without offering explanations, um, dealing with presuppositions that maybe we aren't noticing and so forth. So that's will be one of my jobs in that time. So that'll be at 7 p.m. every uh, fourth Monday of every month at Outlaw Cigar. Invite your friends, invite your friends who are maybe skeptics or so on and so forth. And another benefit of that context is, you know, we just don't do a lot of public ministry anymore like we see in the book of Acts, where the gospel is discussed in a public context. And so I've been thinking about that for a number of years and just looking for, okay, well, what's something I could do that's reasonable and, you know, kind of culturally acceptable and not super off and weird? And I think that this is a good context for that. So that's the fourth Monday of every month at Outlaw Cigar, and this is the Outlaw Cigar located at 135th and Metcalf. Um, next, I want to make you aware that every fourth Friday, the fourth Friday of every month, um, we have we have a young man in our church who leads a prayer meeting via Zoom, and a number of guys are participating in that. You can find more information about that on Basecamp. And finally, we'll wrap up this time today with a uh, a, a new thing that's happening that uh, Dove is leading, and that is uh, there are a number of smaller groups of men, he calls these discipleship huddles, that meet regularly for care and encouragement. And I just want to encourage you men to be a part of these. And wives, I want to, I want to encourage you to ask your husband, hey, are you going to do that discipleship huddle thing? Um, Dove is leading that effort. So if you have questions about that, you can speak to him. He could give you an idea of potential groups that you could join um, that meet at different times and in different locations and so forth. And so he can help you uh, figure all those things out. So those are some of the things happening with men's ministry. A, a couple more that I wanted to, to throw out to you is just sort of more abstract. They don't have like necessarily dates associated with them. Uh, but, you know, we're going to continue to do work on our building. And as I've talked to the men directly, kind of our aim is to really wind up creating a total... Um, a total income stream, an income stream via rentals 
that equals our expenses for the building itself. And that's kind of the goal. That's something that we've been working on for a few years now. And we are making progress in that goal. And one of the main reasons we're making progress in that goal is because we've been able to do updates on the building that are meaningful, that are also extremely cost effective because of the free labor. And so guys, I want to thank you so much for a number of the jobs that you've been you've done recently at the church. Um, the gym is looking better than ever. The chapel is shockingly different and, and good. And those are already leading to more rental income opportunities. And we're already seeing the bottom line affected because of your efforts there. And finally, I just want to remind you to pray for Pakistan. I won't get into too many details, again, for privacy's sake and for security's sake. But I want you to pray for our friends in Pakistan. Um, Pakistan has, you know, I don't know that it, I would say that it's predictable. Or there's an obvious cycle but it has like moments where it is persecution is hot and then moments when persecution is kind of warm and maybe even, you know, lukewarm. And we're just in one of those moments where persecution is running hot in Pakistan. Um, passions against the gospel are, are feverish. And let me be clear about something. A lot of the motivation for persecution in Pakistan is not actually explicitly theological, though it is always labeled as theological, but there is a lot of stealing property, a lot of stealing wives, a lot of a lot of theft and just cruelty that is waged against Christians using theological explanations, but really this is just good old-fashioned thuggery in many respects. And uh, and and that's that's happening right now. And so I just want to encourage you men, I really want our efforts in Pakistan to be an extension of our men's ministry. And men, I want to encourage you to lift up these faithful men in Pakistan. And you know that I've shared some videos with you and so on and so forth, and we'll continue to do that. Lift up these men who are on the front lines of a hot persecution situation. Pray for their safety, but more than anything, pray that Jesus would use this, as he often does, to seed the church for generations to come with people who are faithful, who have counted the cost, who know how to articulate the gospel under pressure, who know how to love their enemies and pray for their blessings and so on and so forth. So uh, that's the last thing. Remember to pray for Pakistan. So just to review really quickly, there's a fantasy football league coming up. You may want to consider participating in that. Um, there's a men's retreat happening in Lawrence from October 20th through the 22nd. Again, an excellent opportunity. Third, I'm doing this thing called Outlaw Apologetics every fourth Monday of the month. Uh, fourth, there is a prayer meeting that happens in the morning every fourth Friday of the month. And fifth, we have a smaller group of men that are meeting regularly for care and encouragement. Sixth, pray for Pakistan. And finally, I guess let's round off. Let's get to that holy number, number seven. This one just occurred to me. Every morning at 5 a.m., every weekday morning at 5 a.m., a number of men are gathering to work out together at Planet Fitness. And that Planet Fitness location is uh, Quivira and 95th Street. And so, guys, Planet Fitness membership is just dirt cheap. Like I think, is it like $10 or something like that? And uh, what, an, what an amazing opportunity to just start a few days of the week. I want to encourage you just to, 
don't let some sort of overwhelmingly high bar of commitment keep you from doing even to keep you from dabbling at the very least. If you can go once a week, go once a week. You'd still be getting your money's worth for $10 a month. If you can go twice a week, go twice a week. But what's going to happen as you show up there is, you know, it's just another one of those investments in the iron sharpening iron process. So that's what's happening in men's ministry, uh, prefaced all with a sort of exhortation of as as husbands, we are really going to want to encourage our wives to worship Jesus and not us. And as wives, we need to encourage our husbands to worship Jesus and not us. And uh, may the Lord take that little seed, that little bit of information that I've, I've put into this podcast, and may that seed grow in fruitfulness and bless your home for many years to come. If you meditate on it, if you, if you consider your ways, I think it will. All right, with that, we are out. Have a wonderful Labor Day. I'm recording this at 10 a.m. on uh, September 4th on Monday. So I hope that you're going to have a wonderful Labor Day. I've got many meats set out to smoke, and that's where I'm going to turn my attention here pretty soon is to the smoking of a variety of meats. So uh, anyway, hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.